Tonight I want us to look at Luke chapter 10, but uh, I just want to use this as a springboard for the topic we're going to talk about. We're not going to really discuss uh, this particular event in depth, but I want us to, uh, to use some points from it. In Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 30, it says, Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked, passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his uh, own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him. Whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. You know, there, there's a lot of lessons that you can learn from uh, the Good Samaritan. Uh, you can take it from the priest and the Levite side of sometimes as when we get so busy with our religious life, we forget about what's important, we forget about to helping those that are around us. Uh, we could focus on the Good Samaritan of how him being a Samaritan uh, wouldn't help an individual that he found. Uh, but what I want us to think about is would would we have helped him? And, and the reason I, reason I ask this is because have you ever had a situation where you want to help someone physically? You, you, you see that they're in need of something, you see that they're hurt, but you have some reservations to do so. Why do you think people don't get involved today and help somebody? Do you think there's, any, you think there's a reason for that? What's that? Yeah, they're evil. I mean... Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, why do you think there's good Samaritan laws? Why do you have to have that? From getting sued or something happening. I think that's a lot. Uh, that's one big reason individuals don't help someone. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to get sued if they get hurt or something. Uh, you know, I, I've got an uncle that's, well, uh, I guess he's retired now, but was in the ambulance service for years and talk about several times doing CPR, breaking somebody's ribs, doing something. And, you know, sometimes there, there is things that happen when you try to help someone. And so that kind of makes us hesitant to, to want to get involved. Or you see somebody that's in need, you may not want to help them because you don't know if they're really in need or not. You don't know if they're scamming you. You don't know if, if, uh, uh, if they really need that. I, I struggle with that a lot, um, you know, of really trying to, uh, uh, try to find out if a person is truly in need or not to make sure you're helping them for the right reasons, you know. I, so there's a lot of different reasons with that. Then you can tie that over and, and go over into the, the spiritual part of it. You know, in trying to help someone, are there reservations that we have of helping someone for various reasons? Or sometimes can we do more damage than we do good? Uh, we say we're trying to help someone spiritually, but we may actually do more harm by our actions, our attitudes, or things that we do. Um, and I, 
as always, uh, you get in another conversation at the funeral home, but um, I, had, I had a couple conversations about these very things. Uh, we, like, the, like at church a lot of times, have, have people come in all the time needing help and wanting help. Um, we've had instances where individuals have gotten hurt. They may have passed out, had seizures, done something, and uh, you know, a lot in the crowd said, don't touch them, you don't want to bother them, you want to stay away from them, and there I am just getting them, dragging them out in the hall. Somebody said, you may hurt them, you can't, you know, you can't do that. So you get, to, you get to thinking about that, and as I was thinking about that physically, I thought about how, how that happens spiritually sometimes, that either we don't want to get involved or maybe sometimes we do more harm than we do good. But as this, this story here is a, a very familiar story, there's some things that take place in it that I, I think is very interesting. One, the fact that they helped him to start with, but two, I don't know that he ever knew who helped him. Does it ever say? That, that he knew? I mean, did he do it for praise? Did he do it, you know, I, he helped him, and the, guy, the individual may not ever know exactly who helped him unless somebody else told him. Um, so I want us to look at, at a few things concerning this, and hopefully as we get through this, this will make sense. But I think first and foremost, if we're going to do something, whether it's physically or whether it's spiritually, we have to have a, a mind to help. It, is our mind wired to where if we do see someone in need that we want to help them, if we do see someone hurt, no matter what maybe the consequences may be, we do what we can to help them? Or is our mind focused when it comes to spiritual things? Are we focused on that individual to where we want to do everything we possibly can to help save their soul? And I don't know. I don't know if we do sometimes, but I think we need to have a mind to do that. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God appointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. You know, we, we say sometimes and rightfully so that the purpose of a miracle was never to alleviate pain and suffering. If it was, I think there would have been some more things that were, take, were done. The purpose of it wasn't to alleviate pain and suffering. The purpose was to confirm God's word, right? But in that process, Jesus still had a willingness and a mindset to help individuals that are in need, to help someone where they're at and use the resources that he had to do that. Um, and many times when it comes to uh, us as either congregation or as a church, sometimes we come up with reasons why not to do that. And one thing that, that got me thinking about this in some aspects was, uh, you know, there's individuals who, who don't believe you can help anybody that's not a Christian out of church treasury. Uh, they, they said that's the responsibility of a Christian. They'll go to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10 and talking about how uh, even when it says to do good to all men, especially those of the household of faith, that our responsibility from the church treasury is with Christians, an individual responsibility is to uh, uh, Christians first and then those that aren't Christians. I don't get that out of that verse. I don't see how, how those individuals do. Uh, I think it can be abused, but I think it's a, a way of... Uh, of, I think, shirking responsibility, to be honest with you. I, I think we get in this mindset of, 
uh, even the Pharisees did, well, I, I will help you, but I, I give to this. And if I give to this, I can't give to this. And I think we use our religion or we use the, the shell of a congregation as a, as a stumbling block or as a blocker to fulfill our need to help individuals. Um, you know, when you start getting into, and, and I'm not trying to be uh, mean or, or have a bad attitude about this, but when you get into this mindset of thinking that, okay, there's a responsibility of the church and there's a responsibility of the Christian. Well, I thought the Christians were the church. You know, we, we are the church. And, and I know we have responsibility, and the eldership has an awesome responsibility when it comes to the treasury, and you can't just, but we have a responsibility to help individuals. But if you say, I mean, think about this. If you say that, okay, you can't help anyone out of the church treasury that's not a Christian, where do you draw that line? Is, is there a line to draw? Yeah, I mean, think about it. Uh, I guess we'd have to rip out the baptistry, wouldn't we? Baptistry's not for a Christian. It's for a non-Christian. The water that's being used there. I mean, this sounds, you know, kind of nitpicky, but it's true. You'd have to ask somebody when they walk through the door, are they Christian or non-Christian? Could they sit in the pews? Could they fill the air conditioner? Uh, could they, I mean, you, you, where would you draw the line? And we have to be careful when we, if we, if we have a mindset to help, we want to do things scripturally, but when you start drawing a line and you start backing yourself in the corner, sometimes you can get in trouble with that. You know, there's times that I, I've stayed firm on something, and then down the line I realize, okay, I, I, I may not have been right here, but I didn't want to admit it, so I find myself being wrong here because I didn't want to admit I was wrong here. If I took a stand here, I've got to take a stand at this point. So we have to be careful with how we do that. So I think first and foremost, we have to have a mindset of I, I want to help individuals. Now, is it abused? Well, absolutely it's abused. We're not talking about the abuse of the church treasurer. We're not talking about the abuse of helping someone. We're talking about the mindset. When Jesus fed individuals, did he know that there was individuals that were going to eat that fish and eat that bread that wasn't going to believe what he said? Yeah, if you go to John chapter 6 and 66, remember, there's some that turn to walk no more with him. They were the very ones that he fed just previously. So, in essence, did he use his resource, his ability to, to uh, perform a miracle, to make these, uh, uh, the fish and the, uh, the loaves last, did he use his treasury to do that? Did he use his resource to do that? Of course he did. Um, so here... He, he has a purpose, but he went about doing good. He had compassion on individuals. He helped where he could help. If he had the resource to do it, and he did, because he was son of God, he helped when he was in the situations to help. And we have to have that same mindset. If you look back in verse 36 of the story we just uh, read, it says, So which of these do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. There wasn't a whole lot of restrictions on, okay, what, what's the restrictions on if I help this person? What is the protocol? What is the. And you can try to set up all the protocols you want. It, it, it's still. You're still going to have some that's going to abuse the system, aren't they? You're still going to have some that's not going to do what they should do. I can remember at a congregation, I thought I was 
Believe it or not, I thought I was the best thing since sliced bread when I come up with this. I thought this is awesome. They're going to write books about me years from now. Uh, you know, because it's always a process of trying to help someone when they come to church, you know. Especially if you live beside the church, you, you get a lot of people that are needing help. So I thought, hey, here's what we'll do. Uh, we, we had a deacon that was a manager of a grocery store, uh, printed up these vouchers that I could just give out to an individual and sign it. They could take it to the grocery store. They could get groceries, depending on the family, depending on how many was in the family. And I thought, man, that's great. You're not handing out money. You're, you're able to, to talk to people. You're able to give them actual food. You're not just giving them money. I thought it was great. So I did that uh, until I found out one morning I walked over to church, there was a long line at the church building. I mean, a, a pretty good long line. They were all there to get their vouchers. And they, they were going to make it a regular thing, just come get their vouchers every, you know, every week. And I thought, that, that's not really what we, that's not how it was intended to go here. So things started getting abused and things went awry. And I realized I wasn't quite as smart as I thought I was. Um, and that was a tough one, too, to admit that. But you do have individuals that do abuse. And you try to figure out the best that you can if that person is truly in need or not. Uh, I can remember taking, uh, Brittany went with me several places when we did, uh, took food to individuals or we helped individuals. I remember one place we went, she said, Daddy, that, the house they live in is bigger than the house we have. Uh, yeah, they are, but you never know what happens to individuals. You never know. And come find out, they, they, they were abusing it pretty good, and we, we had to have uh, uh, some other talks about that. But you, you, you do find individuals that do. So how do you handle that? How do you have a mindset to help but still weed through the tall grass of those things? I, I try to live in the motto of, okay, try to find out the best I can, help the best I can, do with it the best I can. If they do something wrong with it, that's between them and God. If I do the right thing with it to try to help them, that's what's between me and God. If they do the wrong thing with it, that's between them and God. I, there's nothing I can do about that if I don't know. So you got to, first of all, have a mindset to help, and that's hard to do. I, I can be pretty cynical. I don't know about you. I can, I can be pretty critical of individuals. I ask a lot of questions um, and, and try to find out all that I can, and sometimes that's the best you can do. You know, you just have to take an individual's uh, word for it. But we can't blindly walk by those that are hurting. We can't just walk on by and see them there and think, well, I don't have time to investigate this, or, or if I try to do something, are they going to sue me? If I try to do this, am I wasting? Sometimes you just can't think like that. Sometimes you just have to have a mindset to help and help where you can. And I think that's what Jesus did. I, I think if we really watch the example of Jesus, he didn't get bogged down on things like that. Now, we could say, well, he knew their heart to begin with, so... Well, yeah, he knew their heart, and he helped them anyway. He knew what they, if they were going to believe or not, but he helped them anyway. And I always think about this when I think about trying to study, study with someone. I think Jesus probably had it down pat when he thought, I can't teach these individuals if their stomach's growling so loud they can't hear me. You know, uh, you, know you need to sometimes fulfill an immediate need to get an opportunity for a greater need. And I think that's what we find uh, with Jesus. You think that's right? You think I'm missing the mark? You think that could be true? You ever struggle with that? To try to help someone? Ever had that problem? Well, I'm like you. You said you went on 
Well, you've got to think of it the same way, too, when it comes to spiritual things. You can, do, you can only do what you can do to help someone. Um, there's no way to know everything. I, I don't know a person's heart. There's things that, that, especially as a minister that you deal with, that sometimes you just have to take a person's word for it. They could be lying to you. I, I don't know that person's heart. So you do the best you can to help them spiritually, but you do it so you don't cause more damage either. Uh, sometimes we can cause more damage by uh, the attitude in which, uh, which we have. I have a conversation with my wife a lot, or just in comments that I make. You know, sometimes I just I think, am I just ill all the time? Do I just think everybody around me is just wrong and don't understand and I'm the only sane person sometimes? Do you ever feel like that? You know, I, you get to feeling like that, like everybody around you is just, I don't know, either I've lost my mind or they have, and I'm beginning to think it's me, you know, because when everybody around you you think's got a problem, maybe you're the problem, I guess. Yeah, I'm happy being ill sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm like the couple on Andy Griffith when it's, I'm happier like that than I am happy. You know, what looks like wrestling to some is dancing to others, you know. Sometimes I am. Unfortunately, now is that a bad thing? That's probably a bad thing. That may not be a good thing to be like that, you know. So, but you got to have a mindset. I guess that's the point to, to help. Now, when it comes to spiritual things, how do you help and help in the right way? Well, look at Matthew 23 for a moment. Matthew 23, verse 15. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is one, you make him twice as much as son of hell as yourself. Now that's something to say about somebody, isn't it? What's he saying to them? What's he saying about them? What's, it, what's the problem? How do they travel to make these individuals a proselyte? Which what they're doing, okay, you've got, you got to become a Jew before you can become a Christian. You've got to go through this process and all these rules that they make. And Jesus said, you make them twice as much as the son of hell by doing that. What is he trying to say to them? Are they causing more harm than good? How are they doing that? By imposing something that God hadn't imposed, right? You, you, you start making it harder on an individual than God does. You know, I've actually had somebody say that. I can remember studying with someone, and uh, there's a lot of things that transpired, but he ended up saying, you know, I think it's harder to go to this congregation than it is to go to heaven. And actually, I agreed with him in that instance uh, with, with some restrictions that <laughs> was being imposed, that they, some, some things that they were asking him to do. I, I thought the same thing. And I think we can do that. I think sometimes we can impose our own line of thinking on someone and our own rules on someone of how we view certain things with doctrine that we add more to it, and it becomes harder on someone. We, we want to add more to it than, than God does. And we can do more damage than we do good. Just like trying to help someone. You know, we're, sometimes you can do more damage physically than, than you're actually helping. But the same thing is when it comes to the spiritual. We can do more harm by imposing things. Here, he's given a, a, a pretty strong rebuke to these individuals. And he said, you're making them in worse shape than they were. Because what you're doing is giving them... Uh, either making it harder where they think they can't do it, or sometimes we can give an individual false hope to where that's even worse. They don't feel like they have to do anything. 
So we can cause more damage uh, than good. In Galatians chapter 1, in verse 6, he says, I marvel that you're turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. There are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Sometimes when we read this, we think of denomination. Well, uh, the denomination is doing this. He, he's, he, I believe what he's talking about here is how we twist his doctrine. How we take just little bits and pieces and we turn it into like of what we want it to be and we make our own rituals, we make our own rules, and we make them gospel. And what does that do? That turns it into another gospel. And he says, you know what? There's not another gospel. What, what I have for you is what I want you to do. That's why Jesus spent so much time on, you've heard it said this, but I teach you this. He's not saying Moses had it wrong, now I've got it right. He says your interpretation of what it is is wrong. What you've heard is wrong. What you've been taught is wrong, that it's been twisted to be something that he didn't even recognize what it was. And I think sometimes we can do that uh, also. In Galatians 2, beginning at verse 4, he says, and As this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in, uh, who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage, to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. That's, that's what I was getting at earlier. When we start binding things that, that God didn't bind, then we're in a whole different ballgame. We're starting to teach something that he didn't teach. Now, how do you get to that point? I don't think you get to that point overnight. Okay, you've got, say you've got a mindset to help someone, but you're helping that person spiritually based on what you think they ought to do. And I think it happens over time. I don't think we change things automatically, but I think over time we can take a tradition into, into doctrine. And sometimes we can't tell the difference. Now, there's nothing wrong with tradition. Uh, 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 the Bible even talks about tradition, holding to the traditions. But when we make that tradition as gospel, as doctrine, then we do more damage than we do good. Because we, we start thinking about the, um, all the expedient things to carry out a, a, a doctrine, uh, or a command than we do about the actual command itself. And, and we, can, we can list a lot of these things that it does that in, in and of itself isn't wrong, but when we start having to include them because we think that's part of it, I mean, just think about the acts of worship itself. Where does you know, worship start? Where does it stop? What's involved in worship? What is actually part of worship? What do we make part of worship or don't make part of worship? Is there a distinction? Is there that line? What do we, when it comes to even obeying the gospel, do we put more on what uh, an individual needs to do than God does? That was the instance when the individual... Does uh, that make that all people? Yeah, absolutely it does. But we don't recognize it as that. We recognize it as... Well, that's just tradition, that's just part of it. But there's things that get ingrained in us sometimes that we can't separate. Just like the individual I was talking about that said it was harder to go to that particular congregation than it was to go to heaven, and that was one of them. There was a, a restriction, or 
They thought he needed to obey the gospel different than he did. And you couldn't find any teaching in the scripture where it said that. So, uh, but that gets our own line of thinking. You know, you've got to be baptized in a Church of Christ building. You've got to be baptized by a Church of Christ preacher. You know, you've got to be, there's, there's things that we add. I've had individuals call me out of town. I want to obey the gospel. Okay, uh, let me make a right. No, I've got to wait till you get back. It's got to be you because you're our preacher. Well, what if something happens to him before I get back? You know, as fast as I can go. But in our minds, we think that's how it has to be. Because somewhere along the line, that's what we said. That, that's what we implied. And sometimes we can do more damage than good because what if somebody's waiting on that and the preacher can't get there when they had, you know, 50 other people that could do it. <laughs> You know, it's, it, but it is in our, our thinking, you know, it, it gets ingrained. And I'm not, trying to be, I'm not trying to be mean about this. I'm just trying for my own benefit of realizing how much I've done that to be able to say, okay, if I'm helping someone, whether it's physically or whether it's spiritually, am I truly helping them? Or sometimes do I cause more damage than I do good because of my own line of thinking of adding to it? Does that make sense? And, and I think we can do that sometimes. And it's, it's hard to get out of that, especially over time if it's, if it's been a part of it and that's all we know. Uh, how many times have you ever heard the saying, well, that's the way we've always done it. That's why we do it this way, because that's why we always do it. Well, one, because you've done it that long doesn't make it right. And two, you may not know what started you doing it to begin with. Bill? Running water, yeah. Yeah. Uh, why do you think you get in a conversation with denominations and they say, so my whole salvation depends on where the pipes work at the church building? I've had that conversation, and they were serious about that. You know, what if the pipes break, or, you know, it's got to be in that building, it's got to be by that preacher, it's got to be... Where do people get this idea? Somewhere along the lines, they got the impression that that's what it is. And I think somewhere along the line, sometimes we believe that. Yeah. No, I am a traditionalist, true and true. Yeah. Yeah, I like tradition. I don't, especially when it comes to holidays, I don't want you messing with my holidays. I don't want you messing with the food. I don't want you mess with how it's done. I, I, I mean, I am a, a traditionalist. Uh, and it's going to be like that till I die. Then they can do whatever they want to after that. But as long as I'm alive, I want it. I want this way. I want that cranberry sauce that you know comes out of the can, makes that sucking sound. You know that's true cranberry sauce. You know something like that. You got to have stuff like that because what's it do? You think of your childhood. You think of it's comforting to you. It's and I think that's what happens when it comes to our religion. We get into this place where well this is comfortable to us because. This is, this is all we've, we've known. And I'm not talking about changing doctrine. We don't have a right to change doctrine, but we don't have a right to change doctrine. Right, but when you go visit a loved one, you're not the best. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're the best. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, you change the order of service. It took me a long time to, to get used to that. It took me a long time for some to have the Lord's Supper first. It took me a long time to not to have the right amount of songs to sing. It, it took me a while to get over, you know, certain things that I was used to and I was comfortable with. And 
quite frankly, a lack of knowledge that I didn't know it any different. And I think that's where it comes from. We're actually listening and watching people instead of truly studying God's Word to see what He wants, not just what I'm comfortable with. I, I asked a person that one time. They, uh, I kind of come in late to a situation and at, at this place, and they were telling me of what took place and everything. And they, they, uh, they said, Ronald, they, they're just saying they need to repent. They need to repent. I'm like, well, let's look see what the Bible says. No, it's, it's, it's sin. It's wrong. Well, is it that you're uncomfortable with it or that it's actually a sin? Because that's two totally different things. You know, if I'm un- there's things that I'm uncomfortable with, but there's things that's actually a sin too. You know, there's things that... So as we got to sorting it out, uh, it, it, it become clear of, of what it was, but it, it, it helped me to think too, do I make that distinction when I'm trying to help someone, when I'm trying to teach someone, do I make the distinction, do I tell them don't do this but just because I'm uncomfortable with it or don't do this because you're not supposed to do that or do this because, you know, Paul talked about liberty a lot, the liberty that you have in Christ and there's times that you have to forego that liberty for the conscience sake of someone else when you're trying to help them, you don't want to be a stumbling block to them but by the same token, sometimes we, we place things upon ourselves and try to place that on someone else. And, and we've got to be careful with that. So when we have this mindset to help, we've got to understand, too, we can't do more damage than we do good when we're trying to help them. And, and sometimes uh, that can be the case. Um, again, don't bind man-made rules when we do it. But by the same token, don't lose things either. Uh, you know, we can go to the other extreme. And in Second uh, John, uh, verse 9, Whosoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Is a person truly abiding in the doctrine of Christ? Okay, here's where we can kind of get in a gray area if we let ourselves sometimes, is... Okay, I, I don't want to stir the pot with this person. Uh, I think a lot of this person or this person's my family. So we know that they're not doing something that's scriptural or, or, or doctrine, but we don't want to say anything or do anything because of the tension it may cause. So we just kind of let it slide. So either we, we, we do a lot of harm by adding too much to it and putting, you know, just coming down on them like beating them on the head with a, 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 a drum and, and trying to put our own traditions or by the other side we just back off and don't do anything because we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or we, we don't want to kind of rock the boat or we don't want Thanksgiving dinner to taste different when you're sitting across the table with somebody uh, well you have to worry with the consequences of it because see think about it the Bible, what's the Bible say truth will do John 8 and 32 Truth will set you free. So is that all that it does? Truth ever hurt? Truth ever make you mad? You know, does truth ever divide individuals? So it does a lot more than set you free. It it can be a dividing line. It can be a a, a change your life kind of thing. It could be change your relationship type of thing. And sometimes we'll use that as an excuse not to help someone. And we will say, okay, I, I've got a mindset to help, and I, you know, I'm not going to impose my tradition, but I just don't want to. Uh, I still think of one instance. Uh, 
that happened that, because I'm usually just right on it when somebody doesn't say something, but I had a conversation in the car with someone, or they had a conversation with me. They said something wasn't, it was in that kind of area. I just let it go. I thought it's not worth the battle. It's not worth the, the consequence. We've still got several more miles to go in the car here. It just isn't worth it. I don't think I'd do any good if I said anything. I still regret that. No, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, wouldn't you at all. Uh, it was a family member, but they just said something in passing and doing it, and I normally wouldn't let that go, and I did. And uh, I still think about that. But sometimes you just think, is it really worth it? Is it? Well, yeah, it's worth it. You know, you, you've got to, even though it is uncomfortable. Yeah. Now, you've got to do it the right way, but even at the very best, if you take yourself out of it, feelings are going to get hurt, you know. And, uh, you know, as much as I put on a good front, I kind of like people when they like me, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I like to say I don't care who, who thinks it, but I do. So it, it's, it's hard sometimes you think, okay, this is going to change my relationship with this individual if I do that. But that may be exactly what needs to happen. So are we doing more harm because we don't do anything? Are we doing more damage because we don't do anything? Or are we doing more damage because we add more to it and put more pressure on them than we should? And, and I think that's something that we have to look at and try to understand. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 4 and 6, it said, Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sake, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. And I think this goes anyway. Don't, don't go beyond by not, either not doing anything or doing too much. Just do what it says. Just, just follow what it says. And I think the, the biggest thing is don't enable people and also take yourself out of it. I, I, to me, that, that can be two big things. One is sometimes we can enable people by contribute to the things that they're doing. You know, if you look physically, what do you say? If you don't work, you don't what? You don't eat. So there's times that you can enable someone by, and actually not helping them, you're making it worse by trying to help them. But by the same token, we, we, can, we can do that by enabling them, but also we can make it about us. I want this person to do this because of who I am. It'll make me feel better, or it'll make me feel big, or it'll make me feel superior. Whatever it is, it, it becomes about us. And that's where it becomes about the Pharisees, wouldn't it? Remember, they stood on the street corners, what did they do? They throw their hands up in the air. They said their prayers to be heard of men. They, they said it, they used their big words. They did all this. What did that have to do with God? What did it have to do with asking God anything? It had to do with pleasing men. So people could look at them, oh, look how righteous they are. What did Paul say? What was it, 1 Corinthians 13? He said, I could do a lot of things. You know, I, I got the power and the ability to do all of these things, but if I don't have love, you know what he said? Don't profit me anything. It may profit them, but it don't profit me nothing because I didn't do it for the right reasons. It's all about me. And there's times when we help individuals and it becomes about me. You know, it becomes about what I want. I, I, can, I still remember going to the hospital with someone and we went in the room and they were down having tests. They were going to be down there a while, so we were going to have to leave. So we were leaving and the guy with me said, uh, I'm going to leave my card because I want to make sure to get credit for this. So he left his card. Uh, he may have been joking, but I think sometimes that's how we 
may think, okay, I, I want to make sure I get credit for this. What kind of credit are we looking for? You know, let them know we're there, let the nurse know we're there, the doctor know we're there, or does God know we're there? What, what, what's really important? And what's the reason that we're there? Uh, it can become about us. Do I only help people when people see me help people? Do I only help people when it's convenient for me? Uh, both either spiritually or physically. Uh, and you can do both. Sometimes we look at it and say, well, I like to study with this person, but it's not really convenient for me. I don't know what I'll get out of it anyway. It, you know, does it seem worth their time? Well, look at the people that Jesus thought was worth his time. Would they be worth ours? Uh, they wouldn't the people that you thought that he was going to go talk to, but it was people that he needed to that brought him hope, that he showed compassion on. Uh, and I know this has kind of been a, a, a kind of maybe a weird class, but uh, there's a lot, several things that's been transpired over a while. One is uh, talking with individuals, and we got into talking about different things with, with what you can do as a Christian or not as a Christian. And then it just led my mind to thinking about any time that I help someone, either physically or spiritually, what's the purpose behind it and how do I actually do that? And I really found out there's more barriers than I thought there was that, I, that you create in your own mind or that you create your own self. And sometimes we can do more damage than we do good uh, if we don't think it through, uh, if we don't make sure we're doing it for the right reasons, we don't take our time to do it, we don't do it the right way. Uh, there's a lot to consider when you help someone, either physically or spiritually. And I think as Christians, we need to be sober-minded and vigilant and think about that. Any final thoughts about this? You ever have any, any problems helping anybody? Ever have any feelings about it to where you don't know if you're doing the right thing or not, whether it's physically or spiritually? I'll be honest, I do. You know, I, I wonder. I, ever since we studied Job, I think about it a lot. Job's friends were trying to help them, him, and they wasn't doing it. They did it the best that they knew how. They took something that's right and applied it the wrong way, and it wasn't good. And I, I, I've been thinking ever since then, how many times do I do that or I've seen that done? Take something that you think you know, you apply it to a person that it actually doesn't apply to, but you try to generalize and, and make it fit and think, well, it should be that way, and many times it's not. Uh, Matthew 5, verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's what it comes down to, isn't it? I do my good works not to glorify me, not to even glorify the person that I'm helping, but to glorify God. He's the one that needs the credit. And that, that's what I said to an individual one time when they were talking, well, that's the individual Christian responsibility. Well, what about this? Well, that's the individual Christian responsibility. And I said, at what point does God actually get the glory? What, what point do you actually stop getting it and God starts getting it? If everything is my personal responsibility and I separate that from the church, then I've separated myself from the church and I, I help them based on who I am. Where, do, where does God fit into that? Where does he get the glory for that? I would think it would be better to, to, for God to get the glory than for me to get the glory, wouldn't it? And I think that's how we should, should approach it. Any final thoughts before Katie starts coming in? Alrighty. Appreciate your indulgence. I think next Wednesday we're probably going to go back into Psalms for a little bit, and then we'll take a, another little break with it.